listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. It's another podcast, and you're here with us. Welcome. We did it. Well, we 204 did it. We- episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh full disclosure uh we were playing a bit of a game of chicken to who would welcome you back in first yeah and for a second i thought it was just gonna be 10 minutes of silence yeah which there could be a cut there could be a cut of that you know some exclusive content where it's just just that Com- silence people pay a lot for silence. that yeah a real john cage turn for the podcast <laughs> listeners let us know how much you would pay to just hear silence at the beginning it's like when taylor swift accidentally released a song that was just static and it shot up to number one like are our fans as loyal Mm -hmm. as uh swifties we already have the recording so it's not hard to do we have the silence it's already been recorded i also have i'm working on an album that's just me going "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I'm working yeah. on a, a a second a second album that's just me going. That's true to all Will's jokes. Yeah, they're um, EPs. They're not they're EPs right now, but we hope to expand them. Get like a box set anthology. So I mean, these are all of our you know. These big are all ideas. Dreams. Let us know how much money you would Venmo us for these ideas. <laughs> uh, we have a really exciting episode because we have another special guest. And we're going to bring her in to what sound effects should we play before we bring her in? Oh, we should probably say who we're bringing in. Yeah, so we don't bring in the wrong person. Can you imagine? Yeah, that would be so embarrassing. (laughs) Just Um, a stranger on the pod. (laughs) That's like, who's that? Uh, So we have a fellow Northwestern alum. All of us went to Northwestern. The co-host of the challenge Rehap Up. Please welcome in to the sound of... Can Can she just come running through a sliding glass door? Yes. Okay. I'd like to give Stevie, our editor, some challenges to work with. Yeah, She's great. So- I like to give her something kind of challenging. Stevie, who's yeah. listening, we first of all, we've officially said your name. Good luck. Soon you'll have first, last name, and your address on here. Mm-hmm. Here she comes running through the glass door. It's Allie Lasher. Um, Will, we just met, you know, an hour ago. Yeah, I'm really, <laughs> but, I'm sorry. No, but, but I ha- was thinking the same thing that if I could choose a sound effect, it would be me like kicking down a door. So when you said yeah. that, I was like, we're already here. Wow. We're already here. We're on like the we're same like Kool-Aid one- man energy. <laughs> exactly. <kinda>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Welcome. Um, welcome to the podcast, Allie. How are you doing today? I am so beyond honored and humbled to be here. Uh, you guys know that I am a big, big fan of yours. And it's just so exciting because you had, you know, last week professionals come in both in the acting and pageant fields. And now you have me, unclear why, but <laughs> what I hope to bring today to the no, podcast. We will take none of that self-deprecation. I'll just sprinkle you with compliments every time you try to put yourself well, that, down. Beware. That, that'll make both of us comfortable. Um, <laughs> I What I'm thrilled to bring today to the table is I think maybe like the voice of the listener because you always talk to the listener, but I, it's me. I'm here. I'm ready to talk about it. And I have questions for you guys. I'm very excited. Oh, my gosh. I will say it is so nice. Allie 
listened to our podcast. She like binged it an entire night and texted me and was like, I stayed up all night listening. (laughs) It's normal. Things that normal people do. (laughs) She told me after she was also moving. So it's not like she was just, we both, Allie and I have a mutual friend who falls asleep to podcasts. So it wasn't that situation. No, I I would never do that. And her first and last name is, just kidding. No, Hannah. Thank you so much, though, for listening. It means a lot when, like, we talk, like, people ask my love language a lot. I don't know why this is a common question, but my love language is when people consume creative projects I'm working on. Um, Mm. No, it's it's a true joy to listen to. uh, And I believe I texted you, Hannah, and I was like, I would tell you regardless that it's a good podcast, like, for sure. But I would not put the level of like effusive praise in. I called in like that was just I needed to know. And I would have called in again this week, except I'm on the show. And last week I had when you texted me to be on the show, I was like, but I literally just left a speak pipe (laughs) for this. And I didn't realize that. So I was like, okay, we're good. And that is one of my truly favorite running bits is when you guys talk about speak pipe being the new frontier in social media and communications. I'm we fully with so you. so excited about the speak pipe thing, yeah. Will and Invest I. Invest now. It, it, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you know those Zoom investors are making billions and maybe going to jail. That could be you. I will speak yeah. pipe. throw my phone away right now. Let's make a commitment, the three of us. Throw your phones at the wall in favor of speak pipe. Yeah, done. <laughs> All right, one, two, three. Good luck, Stevie, with that sound effect. Um, we watched uh, the episode. It's We're in season two of Parks and Rec now, episode four, practice date. Before we get into what the episode is, did you enjoy this episode? Are you glad that this is the one we had you on for, Allie? So I've... I have two questions. So this is like okay. famously, yeah. famously to like the two people yeah. who have listened to me Throw on a podcast before. Us. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is so stupid, but like truly as a listener, every time you guys talk about watching the show together before the episode, which I was not able to do this week, how do you do that? Are you watching on like Netflix party? Like what is the, so this is that, a great first like? question. Um, I will say, uh, usually when we don't have a guest, we do watch it together. We do a really fancy technique where we both open up Netflix and I go one, two, three, and then we press the button together. Mm-hmm. We did try, there is a Netflix party option. We couldn't figure it out. We gave so up really we, quickly. We gave up. <laughs> we gave up after yeah. the first download. So we do one, two, three. But this is actually a great question because it brings up something that we want to prepare our listeners for, which is that Parks and Rec is leaving Netflix. But don't worry because Peacock is free, I've been told. And we will find easy ways and break it down how you can watch Parks and Rec. We, we will- don't want you to stop... We listening will do just because Netflix is we whatever we have to do. We will come to your house and lift it up to a window yeah. so you can watch it. Yeah, New we'll do like the boom not, box over the head. It's not New leaving. Girl is not leaving Netflix just to let everyone know. Oh my gosh. For everyone who doesn't know, uh, <laughs> Allie has an independent podcast called New Girl Old Guy, which is a great name for a New Girl podcast. It Especially I if you're it, doing it with a man who's older than you, that it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> who's your co host? Uh, my co-host Akiva. is 36-year-old Akiva Winokur, mm. who I have deemed old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just by comparison. <laughs> what was your second question? Well, no, I'm going to answer your question because this is what I do. It's like you ask something on topic, on point, ready to go. And I'm going to be like, let yeah. me take you over here for a minute. Um, so sorry, 
not sorry to the listeners, um, but I'm one of you. So it's like I'm here doing our thing as listeners. So you asked if I liked this episode and if I was happy to be on for it. <laughs> I was like, is this how you treat guests? You have me come on. To, and you guys have been doing a great job to talk about the character Dave and how complex that is. But then and on top of it, we get this Dexart scandal. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. But then it ends up like. I see why you brought me in to talk about someone who's like very challenged at dating and uh, struggles just to exist in society. So I, I get it. I truly get it. <laughs> I want to be clear that I feel like I offered you an array of episodes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just you were like, do you want to come on this week? And I was like, sure. <laughs> um, That might be true. Uh, I also, I appreciate... I appreciate your dry sense of humor. We've talked about if I come on the New Girl podcast, how there there are the well, we don't need to get into this. Just check out the when I'm on the New Girl podcast. But I feel like Future you'll have plug. funny things to say about this episode. This feels like um, a Buffy Angel type thing where it's like to fully understand what's going on, you need to watch you both. Have of them. To, well, the funny thing is, I feel like Angel or Buffy, one of them like switch networks so they could no longer cr- do crossovers in the yeah. same way. And so one of them. This, was a vampire, so <laughs> just Big real- even more. Well, no, but there's this funny, there's this funny thing where like Buffy dies at one point, and but she Hilarious, can't, yeah. they can't. <laughs> well, she can't be shown on Angel anymore, and so they just reference on both shows that they went off like weirdly, but they couldn't be on each other's shows because of the network stuff. Yeah. This is not going to be interesting to anyone else. Do you think that'll happen to us? Like the the powers that be at Pawnee Public Radio will no longer allow you to appear. So I'll have to pretend that you're there for the episode. What It's like season, it's later this season. So we're like six episodes away from you coming on my podcast. But maybe an intervening event will happen. Yeah. And I will have to, maybe Will will come on. Although I don't know a scenario where Hannah would be allowed and Will would not be. Or vice Rob, versa. Rob has talked about killing my character off. You know, Rob's <laughs> sister you know, has talked about maybe killing my character off in an early season and bringing in like a hotter version or someone whose voice sounds hotter, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I know where I lack. So I, I understand that. It was all in my contract. I'm I cool with it. I don't want to get us accidentally back on track, but do we want to <laughs> go through maybe the A story, B story of season two, episode four, practice date? Because I really... I want to get into it so we can then dive into the if we must the details. Yeah. So uh, Allie and Will are going to take the A story. Um, I'm going to be a helicopter parent during it, but good luck. Let's see if you need me. Sweet, Will. Should we do the little the little bit while Hannah was opening up her window? Oh, I yeah, had yeah, said yeah. one of my favorite. Oh, this is good. Activities you guys are going to love here. this. Yeah, go go go. <laughs> Was that I would uh, guess which is the A and which is the B because I feel like this episode has sort of like two meaty kind of stories. Yeah. And then for people who didn't hear our earlier conversation off pod, which we weren't (laughs) recording, I responded by saying often a clue is in the title of the episode. And then Allie, Mm. do your... I was going to give another (laughs) clue, which is in Parks and Rec specifically early on. There is a lead character. It becomes more ensemble So tracking where Leslie is is a good way to try to track where the A story usually is. Well, big spoiler alert there, Hannah. <laughs> Thanks for taking the wind out of our game sales. I thought we had the A story this week. Yeah, um, get back in your helicopter. Get out of here. <laughs> but I, I will say thank you for confirming that I was correct that the, the Dave and Leslie date yeah. was the A story. 100%. Yeah, you win. 
Thank you so much. I'm really only here to pr- for the praise. Yeah. So, so far it's Allie one and Hannah and I both have zero, but we'll keep playing. Um, <laughs> we start off and I, Allie, jump in if I'm wrong. Leslie is nervous about this date. I, I would say that's 100% correct. So, you just yeah. earned a point there too. So, it's one, one, us, zero for Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just losing points left and right in my helicopter. Hemorrhaging points up there in the negatives. Hemorrhaging. Um, so we've met Dave in the in a previous episode, and Leslie is really nervous about first dates. And she confides in nurse friend Anne, just so I can help keep myself straight, um, that she needs she needs some advice. And it has Anne has one of my favorite openings to a scene where it's like we come in and Anne is in the middle of a conversation. And she's describing a patient who is like, thank you for saving, thank you for saving my life. And then Leslie just changes the subject. And it's a really, that's my, that's my little favorite little part. <laughs> it is, it is great. Yeah. It reminds me of a new girl episode where a character is bleeding out and this other character is dealing with relationship stuff. And the guy bleeding out goes, we're not going to get to my thing, are we? <laughs> and then they talk about the relationship. And at the very end, the button is like, Excuse me, bartender, please call an ambulance. I'm about to die or something. Uh, but keep going. Yeah, very much, very much that energy. Um, so Leslie ditches, leaves work and goes over to Anne's to to prepare for this. this day. Uncharacteristically, I would say, although it did make me think like in future episodes, like maybe Leslie is pretty quick to like leave work to do some other hijinks. But yeah. It's, like, very counter to her personality. So, like, kudos to, I guess, the writers of Parks and Rec for making me believe that Leslie's, like, the most dedicated civil servant, but also extremely <laughs> willing to blow off the day uh, to do uh, just almost anything else. I like imagining that it's that she works, like, you know, 90 to 100 hours every week. And so, in her mind, she has, like, an automatically updating Google Calendar that's like, oh, I, I'll leave early today because I start work at 4 a.m. <laughs> Sort yeah, of that's like. good. She stays up all night and then just like bothers Anne all day. Yeah. By by this point in the episode, she's already worked like a full 10 hours. <laughs> it's like it's actually time to call it for the day. I so, love that. I feel like that really tracks actually in the future yeah. episodes also. So so they're doing – it's very much like a fashion show at work vibe except they're at home. Um, and it becomes clear that it's been a while since Leslie has gone – on a first date. And she lists a lot of like what we assume are hypothetical bad dates, but which are delightfully revealed to be lived experiences. Do you remember any of the examples that she gave? My favorite is one time I drank a full bottle of vinegar because I thought it was just bad wine. Like I just imagine. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say my favorite is the one where she said, I woke up in the movie and he was trying to take my tooth out. We went out a few times after that, but then he got weird. <laughs> Which is relatable. Honestly, that's extremely relatable. Like, I feel like of all my friends, if you tell a bad date story, it's like, yeah, but like, well, I'll see him on Thursday and we'll see what happens. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. You woke up with his hand in your mouth. What's happening? Or is that just me? I don't know. No, no, I, no it's relatable. I'm yeah. going to go back into my storm cloud now. <laughs> I've I've helicoptered into a storm cloud. What I love yeah, about the vinegar one is that yeah. it's like, that's something Leslie does. Like, not to make Leslie look bad, because a lot of the things that happened to her are horrific, but 
Like, I'm just imagining, like, this was actually a nice guy at the table who, like, didn't want to correct her or, like, embarrass yeah. her. So, just, like, <laughs> sat there awkwardly while she consumed a full bottle of vinegar at the table. Yeah. I feel so often when I find myself in very similar social situations, as, like, if I were on a date with Leslie in that moment, my response would sort of be, like, should I order a glass of vinegar for myself? Like, what's the polite thing to do in this situation? <laughs> I think it's very much because here's the thing. I always assume that the other person has a better idea of what's going on than me. So I think, I think honestly, maybe Leslie and I would hit it off. It's we a full Midwestern vibe. As someone from Jersey, yeah. if someone grabbed a bottle of vinegar and was about to start pouring it like, into their what glass, the fuck? Yeah. Boston too. I would be like, um, I think that's vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd laugh for 25 minutes. And then I'd be like, yeah, but it's a really good year. This is like, this is a 2013. <laughs> this is a Sonoma vinegar. <laughs> my approach and Leslie's approach would yield the same outcome. No second date. Like either yeah. you drink the vinegar or you chastise someone for drinking it and you're still going to be uh, just a story mm. on the first date. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. So Anne realizes that the only way that that Leslie's going to be able to like <laughs> make it through this first date is to do some practice dates, which... Dear audience, dear listener, and Allie <laughs> is the name of our episode. Um, so they go to where do they go first? They go to the Oxwood Inn for their practice dates. <laughs> and I get paid a little commission when I name local businesses <laughs> in this fictional town. Um, so then there's what I love about this episode is that a lot of it is just like like the heart of it is this two person scene between the between these friends, between Anne and Leslie and we get to see like the heart of their friendship and it's a lot of like they're both kind of playing characters you know like uh and begins to role play as Dave to to give Leslie exposure <laughs> therapy of like the worst date possible um yeah i i do have a question for you Allie does does this episode pass the Bechtel test huh um uh, on, not to only talk about New Girl at Guy, but Akiva recently raised that New Girl, the first four episodes at least, probably don't pass the Bechdel test, which is a really mm -hmm. shocking realization. So that's interesting. You'd think it would have been top of mind. Um, I would say Parks and Rec usually passes the Bechdel test because it's usually not about Leslie dating. Like New Girl is very much about like relationships. Mm -hmm. I do think – well, I, I guess like I'm – you know – I don't know what the line is in terms of talking about a man, but I do think like this interaction is like less about Dave and more about yeah. like Leslie's yes, self-confidence and and what dating should be and like so so I think it definitely goes into territories where it's actually not about the man at all. Mm -hmm. Um but probably on the line. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I love, love cuz that's a good point, yeah. It's such a good example of just like strong female friendship. Like Anne just demonstrates being such an amazing friend to Leslie here. Like, I don't know, you have men and women like have friends that are of all different purposes, but like this is something <laughs> whoa, you can only. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> no, go, go. <laughs> this is something you can only really do with like a solid friend like complain about mm. the date talk over their like actual life issue like you brought up will which is like so funny but like so terrible in the actual reality yeah. of the show um and so i just like love Anne here like going through all this effort and not just being like leslie like you're actually insane which would have mm. been probably a justifiable response yeah i think what i love about the whole 
the whole like track of the scene is that you realize that they do this practice date and then they continue to hang out long enough to get pretty drunk. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. So it's what like, happens after they get pretty drunk? She echoes from the <laughs> helicopter above. Leslie is is riding high, is feeling really good about herself, and she does what any of us would do, and many of us have done, and she goes to the home <laughs> of Officer Dave. I'm laughing um, because I have in my notes, this is legit me, and you said it in like such a sarcastic <laughs> way that any of us would do this, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like no one would do this. <laughs> so they're, they're at Officer Dave's house, and by they, I mean just Leslie and the camera crew who's making this episode possible. <laughs> Give them the credit they deserve. Never forget them. Leslie Never didn't forget, forget them. them. In this Leslie part. didn't forget. <laughs> she barges right in. Like she friggin' owns the place. Am I right, Allie? Like my sound effect coming on into this podcast. Yeah, very much an Allie <laughs> entrance into this into this strange space. One of my favorite talking heads to date, where it's like Dave is sitting on the couch in the back in the background, and Leslie gives like a very confident drunken talking head to the camera and he's he like, wants me yeah. you know he wants me <laughs> it's really wonderful I'm, I'm i'm right here i love yeah. dave's reaction in that too because like he's like um it, it's me you're talking about here sitting here yeah which is like <laughs> hannah right now like as yeah. she struggles to stay her self-confined isolation which we will not honor I for the b story <laughs> in a helicopter for the a story and i feel trapped in it listener even though i'm the one who flew off yeah I'm and she's sitting doing right here really really effective object work but we'll get to that later <laughs> so let's get yeah. out of dave's house she she overstays her welcome <laughs> No, she, was never she basically yeah. goes to him and brags about how much she's going to kill their first date. Yeah, she brags about bras. She, yeah, she really, it's it's an embarrassing situation for her, which she realizes the next day in the office. But again, relatable. I think Allie would confirm, like, this idea of, like, this isn't even the sexy bra. Like, hold on till I w- get in my one sexy bra for date yeah. night. That is truly one of the most relatable parts, but not the so only relatable. one at this moment. No, when, we'll get to it. When she's like, but, I'll wear the hot one tomorrow, the black one, which is probably exactly <laughs> like the one she has on now. It's just black. <laughs> yeah. I do that with underwear for myself. So what happens next? I, okay. I have so many follow-ups, but okay. We're pulling up. <laughs> It was just the black, the black pair of underwear. I have one question um, that will move us to the next part, Hannah. I promise. So Dave shows up at the office, and and oh this no, is pretty I've much become the like really annoying helicopter parent that's like, <laughs> we gotta stay on schedule, and everyone listening is like, no, the banter is what a podcast is. I have a Jewish mother, I understand, but I just so my question, which will move yeah. us right through the rest of the a story, straight on to B. Do not pass go. Oh, don't talk about anything. Um. <laughs> So Dave shows up at the office and yeah. like they resolve they're going to have another date. Great. Second date. Uh, kind second of a sweet date. moment. Yeah. He like takes the pressure off. But Why is it normal? And it's not just Dave doing this to Leslie, but in mm. the world of Parks and Rec, <laughs> why is it normal for just random people to show up at p- other people's workplace to like address issues? Like this kind of blew my mind paying attention for the podcast. Like why is Dave just showing up at her office to like drop off some stuff from the night before. If someone showed up at my office like that I had been on a date with or whatever that was, Turn I'd be mortified. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very strange. Yeah, especially now when my office is my home. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really good point. It's not that he shows up because I'm sort of like, it seems like a relaxed thing to me at least. 
in this environment, but it's that he shows up with this embarrassing bag of clothes. Like, he doesn't know. Maybe she kept from her coworkers her drunken night. Well, just, yeah, and I'm thinking, like, track this. You know, I'll give you guys work to do. Like, this yeah. happens all the time in Parks. Like, various characters show up to just we'll resolve things at the office. We'll take notes about it from here on out, <laughs> and we'll we'll call it Allie's notes. But it's in a way that on doesn't really happen in, like, the office, because I guess the majority of those characters are the people in the office, whereas Parks and Rec has, like, mm. Anne, who doesn't work there, why is she there, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, part of the, the difference in my mind between the office and Parks and Rec, just as a show, and I don't know if this plays a part, a part, not a park, um, is that the office is like, is, is wild, like characters and people within this like very like normal world. Like, like Pam says at the end of the office, there's beauty in the ordinary. And so the world barging in is a little bit less interesting where it's like this contained wild comedy show within this ordinary world. Whereas Parks and Rec, the town and the people really become its own character. And it's almost like them versus like wild creation, which is why I feel like people barge in more than the office. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. I also- I'm going to get back in the helicopter now. I was hanging <laughs> off a rope while I did that. I was miming it the whole time. Yeah. I mean, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you could just take your helicopter straight to the B story. Was there more on the A mm. front? Oh, no. I think the only thing that we learn is that Dave does not like dancing. He proposes it, and then he immediately. <laughs> which it's that's a what very I, funny joke. I really relate. I really relate to that. <laughs> it's very cute. That's a cute moment yeah, from Dave. It's a, a very sweet moment. All right, I am leaping out of my helicopter into a speeding car below to get to the B story. Room for two more. It, <laughs> yeah, come on in. Um, so this episode opens with Councilman. Dexhart, who will become a reoccurring character in the series. Um, he's sort of your sleazy politician who has constant scandals. Um, and in this one, it was like, it was my birthday, so it's okay that I cheated on my wife with this person and this person. He comes back a lot throughout the series, so I get all <laughs> his scandals m- mixed up. But I think at one point in one episode, he's like, uh, I also cheated on my wife uh, in the limo on the way here with a lady to this press conference. Yeah, Purd. Um, Purd breaks that story. Yeah, we're also yeah. introduced to Purd, who will become one of the best characters, I think we can say, in the series. Yeah, Recurring characters. A dear friend. Go on. <laughs> a dear friend of the pod. Um but yeah, so uh, he's he's an off. You know, it's it's interesting, Ali. You mentioned like this episode's icky because we have some of the stuff around, uh, you know, Dave's character, and then we also have Councilman Dexhart, who, in the context of the world, is very um, real in a scary way. Um, but on the show, his heightened scandals are very. Um, funny. It's a funny runner throughout the show. But everyone's listening to these scandals and they decide to play. The reason I love this B story is we finally get sort of the cast, the ensemble feel. Mm-hmm. Like we get Donna, who we've been tracking her escalation in the show. This is our this is a big episode for Jerry. Like his character gets defined basically this episode because they decide to play this um this game where they're going to dig up all the scandals uh 
from each person on the office. Uh, Tom confidently states that nobody's going to be able to find anything on him, and Jerry doesn't want to play. And Mark uh, is playing with a slinky, which really caught my eye and was distracting for me. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Kept waiting for the slinky to come back because that's what slinkies do. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you think you're doing a close watch and then Will says something like that yeah. and you're like, wow, did I even watch this episode? I, yeah, I well, was like, I watching the same TV? Was any of this, was any of that, yeah, I really, I missed this Linky. Um, Ron's got a but, football? Am I watching the same show as you? No mention of the football yet? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other details now. I've, I, um, so. April's reading Tom, the book? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Tom finds a lot of stuff about everyone um you know uh donna donated accidentally to the presidential campaign of david duke uh because he promised to lower taxes uh he says he he reveals uh wait why are you laughing at me I, no i just think that is so funny and so horrible <laughs> Okay, so you're laughing yeah. at the joke I'm describing, not me. Yeah. Anytime I hear laughter, I feel like it's about me. Jerry, who didn't want to play, gets hit the hardest. They even have uh, uh, Mark reveals, uh, Jerry reveals about Mark that he um, has an unpaid parking ticket. And then Mark reveals about Jerry uh, that his adoptive mother got arrested for a DUI. And that's how Jerry finds out he was adopted. Um <laughs> And then even they have Dave, like like Ali said, randomly walk in just to reveal that Jerry has publicly urinated multiple times. Uh, so this really defines Jerry's character as like the Toby in the office. The what do you imagine those public? Joke. What do you imagine those public urination offenses? I mean, what what's the story that you guys are telling? I in was your own curious about, about that because it doesn't really seem like a Jerry thing, except no. if it was like an emergency. Like you could see Jerry being like. Locked yeah. out of his house right. for days somehow because his wife is like gone to where does he like Muncie and like he's <laughs> locked himself out and so like for pure survival he's going to the bathroom and like of course the first police officer he ever sees who could possibly like help him get into the house it like gives him a ticket for public urination yes. but otherwise it does not really seem in, in my mind it's like. He has to pee. He's headed to the bathroom and like Leslie or someone asks him to go run an errand mm. and he goes, I have to go to the bathroom. And she goes, there's no time. And so he's running the errand and then just. Yeah. Does the. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like he's not a big partier. Spoiler alert. I, I, um, I bet a percentage of them, too, are just spill like crotch spills <laughs> of a non urine substance that. That then, like, Jerry gets flustered and is like, I beat myself. You know, like, he, he like, admits to something that it wasn't. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other than Jerry, uh, Jerry plays low status really well. This will become his, you know, character. But other than that, the big battle is between Tom and Ron Swanson, who's back after his ulcer. Uh, but Tom reveals that uh, Ron has two ex-wives, and they're both named Tammy. Is that the thing that was a Jaeger secret? Yeah. I feel like that was the, yes. So, and, and is like his <laughs> mom is named Tamara. <laughs> but yes, they call her Tammy. So, Tom really reveals something really embarrassing. And so, Ron is determined to get Tom back. And 
uh, Tom's wife, Wendy, again, mm-hmm. Allie's right, just kind of walks into the office. It's time for lunch. Um, Wendy is a surgeon. She's uh, gorgeous. As um, Ron describes, she is, by his scale, a uh, seven. And Ron, uh, what was the number he gave Tom? Like a 4.8 or something? I'll my notes. A 7.4 and Tom is a 3.8. But honestly, I'm very impressed with your recall of this whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ron does some digging and finds out that Tom's marriage is a green card marriage um, because Wendy is from Ottawa. Because at first, Tom is like, I'm from South Carolina. Carolina. I was going to say South Carolina, but then I doubted myself and I didn't want my the compliment to be proven untrue. So he's from South Carolina and um uh, yeah, so Ron's like, I know your marriage is a sham. Her green card was about to expire. You got married quickly. Tom is like, you can't tell anyone. Ron's like, of course not. But Tom doesn't believe him. Wow, this is, you're getting every sentence. I'm now I'm just trying to prove that I can do this without <laughs> no, notes. So Tom goes to Mark and is like, I need help. Ron's got some dirt on me. So Tom goes to Cozy's to, to meet Duke Silver, Ron's friends. Turns out, uh, Duke Silver is Ron. Ron has an alter ego, saxophone player Duke Silver, who is just really the opposite of everything we've come to know about Ron. He has jazz albums. He he has like this older lady fan base. Uh, Tom takes some videos. Can I ask you a call quick question? A I'm, I'm sorry to get off the yeah. hook. I'm just parachuted down. I'm not getting back in it. I got off my helicopter a lot. You guys are not trapped in the helicopter. Okay. <laughs> so first... Um, I, I thought when you said jazz albums, I for some reason heard in my head jazz elbows. And I was like, oh, what's that? Like the new jazz hands, like jazz <laughs> elbows. But anyway. Um, okay. So you guys are like industry and you get it. And I don't. And I'm a listener. So like to me watching this, I feel like when you're watching for a podcast for anyone who doesn't have a podcast, <laughs> although there's almost no one these days that doesn't. Um, We'd love like, to have you, you on. Wa- yeah. <laughs> Watch it a different way. Like, I watch this way different for this episode than I have when I've watched it a million times, like binge watching. And Duke Silver is just such a great, you know, spoiler alert, will make another appearance later in the season, possibly several, and is like a, just like a great bit, ongoing bit in the show. Is it like as insane as I think it is to like introduce this like double life for your most serious character? like four episodes into your second season. Like I, I you as writers, like is this cause I'm watching this. I'm like, this is who pitched this and was like, this is a good idea. Well, here's something really fun that we can, we can tease something for our listeners. We actually, I'm going to really tease. We have a writer of an upcoming episode coming on the podcast in a couple episodes. So that is definitely something maybe we can directly Mine's ask like them. All of- any character I write always has an alter ego, and it's just a question of when they're going to show up. Never gotten past every, the pilot, yeah. but every character, I, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. They all show up at some yeah, point. Yeah, Will and I are going to write a pilot together called Alter Ego, <laughs> where you have to dis- you have to try to guess each character. It's like in a half ego. hour, you can only introduce two characters because they have so many alter egos. Like you don't yeah, get I, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of like shows that do similar things. The closest the thing that popped into my mind is on Friends, Phoebe Buffay having an evil twin who is sort of the opposite of her. It's not exactly the I mean it's not at all the same thing, but it is cool to see like cuz Phoebe goes through so much in her life that she drops with like such 
joking joy on Friends, but to see the like hardened version of that, I, I feel a, like shows do do that. I had a music teacher in in third grade who did do it. She had a character called Mrs. Goodwitch. And she would walk, she would say, all right, I'm going to go get Mrs. Goodwitch. She would leave the classroom. We would hear a kind of rustle. A totally different woman would enter Mrs. Goodwitch. I don't even remember the purpose. I don't know why she would switch between them, but sometimes, sometimes it would just be, you'd be in the middle of a class, you know, learning, learning the national anthem. I don't know what you practice in third grade. And then Mrs. Goodwitch just shows up. So I think it's more common than we think. Well, man, you say that I have a dry sense of humor, but like one of the best things about this podcast is that Will just says things that are so absurd with just like true, just like serious tones. Like the little comments that are just so dry and so funny are just truly my favorite. It, and the only way, and the, the thing, the like way this, I respond to his things are going, that's true. It's so good. It's so good. Did you guys not have a Mrs. Goodwitch at your school? <laughs> I am Mrs. Goodwitch. I wanted wild. to tell you. I haven't seen you in decades. Oh my God. But- <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how Allie and I know each other. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, I, guys, I'm shoving you back in the helicopter so I can finish this B story. We'll um, have fun. <laughs> so Tom and Ron have both bested each other, so they call a truth. And then, as Allie hinted, the runner of the episode is April is upset that nobody dug dirt on her, even though she ran a lawnmower into a store, took the video herself. But she's someone who proudly Mm. does stuff like this. It's a really, I think it's, I just think it's fun to watch the ensemble get to play together. Yeah, yeah. And I love watching Jerry be the like, wah, wah. Because it just, this is, I I feel like, (laughs) I haven't tracked it exactly, but I feel like this is his first episode being the. Like the real butt of all the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what did you call it? I almost called it the butt of the joke. Oh, I said butt of the jokes. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Allie, oh, what, would, what would you cool. call it, Allie? I I yes. think you guys are doing great. <laughs> like, the butt of the joke is good. <laughs> I think the thing about Jerry in this episode is like, you feel bad for him, which I feel like in the evolution of Jerry as the butt of the joke, mm-hmm. you like, I mean, maybe that's bad. Like, maybe you do always feel bad for him, but it's like not... I feel like it's not like this was like really dark and sad. Whereas I feel like in the future with Jerry, it's like he's this doofus and it's like more funny. But I still love this part. And I agree, Hannah, this is sort of the first like the it, the, 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 the swerve towards that. It feels organic too. Like it feels like I don't know, maybe the writers always had this plan for him, but it feels like they sort of found this game, this episode, and then realized he does it really well. Yeah. What did you? Why are you laughing? Why are you I, laughing? Is it at me, Will? Is it at me? No, it's about the show that we all love. I was just thinking about the fact that Jerry got hit by a fire a fire engine. Well, I have a question about that because yeah, I please. never even picked up it. on that joke early. Yeah, like, let's dive in. We've gotten through A and B. Let's do it. Well, my we're question, all out of our helicopters yeah. now. <laughs> is he says like, "Oh, you got plastic surgery? Like that's the dirt?" And he's like, "Well, I got hit by a fire engine." Like. How is the thing that you could Google that Jerry's like medical records that he's had plastic surgery, but the fire engine accident is like not making Pawnee news? Like if a man was hit by a fire truck, that's on the top of the Pawnee sun. Yeah. You mean that it's not just like common knowledge in the town? That everyone everyone's well, like, oh right, the plastic surgery from the fire engine accident. <laughs> the B story does end with Mark going to Anne and confessing all of his his dirt, right? 
Oh, oh, yeah. you're right. Thank you so, for no, getting back in the helicopter. I got so yeah. one of the things that happened is Mark does what is supposed to be a romantic gesture where he shows up at <laughs> Anne's house at 11:45 p.m. or somewhere in that right 10-minute range and bedtime. He just bedtime. He starts telling her things like he lost his virginity to a teenager as it as a teenager, <laughs> not to a teenager. Whoa. He lost his virginity as a teenager to a an older woman like he just starts yeah. spilling everything as a teen and to she, a teen okay as a teen to an adult not great iffy adult teen. Martin bit. this yeah. is like and very- he just he says he wants to be the one to tell her all the dirt on him and uh she reciprocates by not telling him anything and just saying one time this guy showed up really late in my house um it's, you know, like most of Mark's romantic gestures and changing character, I have feelings about it, um, but thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. This does, you know, the good, you know, Allie brought up what's the A story, what's the B story. A good show, uh, which Parks and Rec is, starts, it starts, they start to bleed into each other. So while Anne lives mostly in the A story this episode, she does, um, at night, sleep in the B story. So it, it <laughs> is it is good to know that they can be both places. Yeah. Um a lot of characters ha- actually have to have both an A and a B story just to make it through the episode. Like they can't afford to just have an A story. I mean, people don't realize this, but there's a lot of your favorite characters are working not one plot, but two plots. Some even work a B a C story. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Just for the healthcare. <laughs> I, I will say I did mislabel this part a C story only because while, yes, it's like spurred by the B story, I, like what the hell was it doing there? Like I almost was just like, what is Mark doing? This it, think, As a viewer, this yeah. didn't make sense to mm-hmm. me. I didn't like it. They, they're trying to develop, uh, from my perspective, they're like, we have to keep developing this Mark and relationship. We have to remind people they're together. Well, That's what it... Oh, sorry. I got excited. No, yeah. yeah. And it, and they're like, it could connect. Like, we remind them they're still here. Anne's been dealing with Leslie. Mark, also, it's sort of like, what lesson do you learn from each thing? Like, sometimes less, like the events, there'll be some sort of lesson, right? Mm. And so the lesson he learned is to be open. It was a funny stretch that we get a, a, a cutaway back to, like, the news story and it's like how did his wife not know what a fool she was which is like such a fun thing and and i get it that this is like a, a funny joke about real life i'm not saying that this was like offensive to me but mm. um but like it's like does that story plus the the fact that jerry didn't know this about his family like it makes mark like part of his like head trauma journey of wanting to be a better person. He like goes and shows that he's more serious about Anne and like that's really big for him. Like he probably has never told a woman about these like unimportant facts about himself. But what I really like about this moment, what works for me is throughout the episode when Anne and Mark interact, like in this part and I think maybe there was one other part earlier on, like Anne does not like Mark. And I know you guys said, like, he is, like, clearly the rebound to Andy last week. And I think that's so true because, like, he's trying to have this moment, this forced moment, based Mm. on this, like, unnatural epiphany he has. And he's saying, oh, do you want to tell anything to me? Like, let's artificially get closer. Let me force this. And she's like, yeah, like, some idiot showed up at my house and, like, bragged about having sex and I shot him. Like, she is not... (laughs) Like, we see Anne really love someone in this episode, Leslie, and then we see Anne 
like completely annoyed by this guy who's this like is trying. Honestly, a great observation. This is why we have you on the he's pod. Trying I think to, this is great. He's trying to make a moment here, and she's like, "Get out, or I'll shoot you." <laughs> I would say to add on to that, without giving detailed spoilers, we'll see Anne in a relationship where she doesn't have the power because she likes the guy, and so I think we see Anne in power. Like even a couple episodes ago, where he showed up at her house and she was like, "I just got to go get ready." for like 40 minutes and Mark was like really and she was like no loser this is gonna be fun <laughs> like I think she I think that's something she enjoys is being like is the power I think you're gonna say spoiler alert for the future she does shoot him and I was like oh I missed that episode <laughs> the football the slinky and the gunshot oh I, I think I just like it that it's like a relationship where I just think that's so common it's like most relationships people are getting two different things out of it and that's why it is so, so Y'all like special so and smart. wonderful when you, yeah. yeah, when you like find someone that is in it for the same reason. So it's just kind of, I don't know. I kind of like watching. And I think another thing I like about Mark's journey in this episode is it goes from, it goes from like making, making fun of and feeling really far away from someone that is going through a hard time on television, this politician who deserves it, <laughs> but is like, so he goes from that to suddenly really empathizing with that character. And I feel like he emphasized, oh, you know, I like thought, with the yeah. politician, he's sort of like, oh my gosh, like I, I was spent this whole episode looking for dirt on my friends and thinking that I'm above all this. But actually, if I want to be, you know, not even be a politician in public life, but if I want to like be worthy of this woman that I'm starting to fall for, I need to like have my own press conference in front of her. But I like that. I, I That's think, who's yeah. not here, though. Andy's yeah. the one missing. I knew I was missing. I was oh, like, yeah, oh. yeah. I felt a hole this episode, a pit, a pit in the episode, <laughs> and I couldn't place where it was. Where was he? That's because the sea story of Andy, he's decided to try to tunnel through the pit. Yeah, just keep digging. So just keep digging. Um, so he actually builds a pretty successful tunnel, he makes it all the way to Florida. Thinks it's impressive, and but then it all collapses before he can brag about it. So he's actually on a plane back from Florida for most of the episode. We started talking, you started talking about doing the A story, and then I shouted things during the helicopter ride about mm. relating to Leslie's dating experience. Allie, you elaborate. Oh, right. That's a weird way to, you made a face. Here's the thing I want to say. Yeah. That was the one part where we were stopped and told, like, let's get through this and then we'll have so many more things to go back to. <laughs> and unfortunately, it seems that now this is actually the only thing we have to go back to and highlight of both the A and B story. So, like, what a cool, fun thing to, that could have just been like a casual moment that nobody would have remembered. And now it's like, let's take a magnifying glass on this part. I mean, like... First of all, I love when Leslie pulls out the note cards of, like, topics of conversation. Yeah. Maybe, it's great. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like everyone, before most social interactions, I think about, like, if it's not, like, a good friend, if I'm, like, going to go to, like, a networking thing or on a date with someone I don't really know, it's like, oh, I could talk about, like, this, this, and this. I don't bring note cards. It's not whales or parades <laughs> or electricity, but, like... I love considering that. Considering it. <laughs> what can I ask? If let's say, okay, hypothetical, yeah. you have a first date coming up. 
you're thinking of things, what are like two topics you think of to talk about potentially on the date? Definitely not having a podcast and doing any of this nonsense <laughs> at all. That is for sure not on the list. Uh, you know, but I, 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 what I love about that, I'm dodging the question. What I love about the topics from Leslie is like later, Leslie will have to come up with non-sexy conversation topics and she also has no cards. Very little difference between her romantic yes. topics and her non-romantic topics. The Johns Hopkins bedlofting. <laughs> That's a spoiler, but it makes no sense. It's out of context, so I didn't spoil anything. Um, but like what I love about her showing up at the house is like, <laughs> you know, it's like that drunk Jersey communist. She's not from Jersey, but it's like a, it's like a pl- connection to like that Northeast vibe. Like this is a mm. drunk Bostonian or Jersey woman being like, I'm amazing. It's off the charts. It's going to be awesome. Like, you're lucky. Why am I as nervous to see you? You should be nervous to go out with me. Like, that, like, drunk attitude is, I think, just so funny and relatable. Not that I have it all the time, but have I been there? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sure you're pleased that you saved all the drum rolling for that <laughs> bit. But, uh, you know, if anybody is out there who relates, you know... Let me know. I thought it was super relatable. I love – there's another thing in a future episode where Leslie will start listing off all the rejection she's faced um, in order to comfort Anne. And I just think that whenever Leslie, like, quickly spitball situations, it's just – it's it's always good. Yeah. Like, all the different dates, bad dates she's been on. I also – as I haven't been on a first date in a long time either. Humble and- brag. <laughs> He's been dating someone for six years. That's the humble brag. I haven't That's been on a date in forever. <laughs> any date, talking about any of those note cards, my one note for the episode is like, I I would love to talk about all three of those things. <laughs> like, Which whales. of the three is your number one? I, I think actually the order they're in is the one, is like, I think she did a good job. Like, I would want to start with whales. I want to move on to parades. You know, and then, yeah, close it out with electricity. <laughs> I got parades over whales. Unless someone really knows their shit knows about their whales, stuff. I don't have much to contribute there. So, like, parades one, mm. guy with a good wh- facts about whales, two, and then electricity, solid third. If yeah. they don't know about whales and it's just us riffing on whales, we'll put electricity, too, because that's Allie, more important. if they don't know about electricity, <laughs> I mean, I think you get out of there. <laughs> that's not a good date. <laughs> I kind of want to bring in some of these voicemails. Um, I I I just feel like it will it will spark more conversation. Um, we have we have a bunch of them, so I'd like to I'd like to listen to them. Um, yeah. So the first one, uh, this is from Town Hall. You can send it to uh, speakpipe-pawneepublicradio.com. It's the hip new way to communicate. Um, or you can email us town hall at radio. What did you just say? I got physically excited about the idea of getting to someday do an ad for speak pipe. If anyone has any sort of, if if anyone could make this happen, I just like, I was going to just make a joke about it. And then I got, you know, when you get goosebumps and you're like, that's a dumb time to get goosebumps. I just got so jazzed about the idea of getting to earnestly Sponsored by SpeakPipe. Okay. I don't know that they'll be sponsoring you then, right? What do you mean, but... (laughs) Okay, so I need to help them grow their business, and then they can do a favor for me. You can also email us Mm -hmm. at townhall at pawneepublicradio.com or tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. 
And the best way and the last way to reach us is if you leave us a five-star review, we have to read it on the podcast. But first, let's get to these voicemails. The first one is from Christy with a C is back. Hi, Hannah and Will. This is Christy with a C from last time. In preparation for rewatching Practice Date, I went to the Wikipedia page and read the plot summary. Now, this was not the special NBC wiki, but just regular Wikipedia, and it had this really interesting insight about Mark that I wanted to share. It points out that Mark is the one to tip off Tom about Duke Silver, and it brings up that moment from the pilot where Mark cashes in some unexplained favor that Ron had owed him in order to get Leslie the Park Project. And so, the Wikipedia page floats the theory that the initial favor was Mark not spilling the beans about Ron's secret alter ego. I think it's a great theory. I had never made that connection before, so kudos to the unknown Wikipedia contributor who left us this little Easter egg. Thanks! Thank you for calling in, and thank you. I love that you're doing prep work for your rewatch for your podcast listen. You are our target audience. Yeah, thank you. Christy with a C. That's a great point. It's a great point. I feel like I may be going crazy, um, but I feel like we may have hinted at that early on without spoiling it. I feel like we're really in line with Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, Often, I mean, if if people are following along with the Wikipedia pages for the episodes, I'm a little concerned because um, sometimes my recap, I will be reading, I will plagiarize from them. Um, and just read them you direct. Do? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. 70% no. of what I say pre-written by an anonymous w- Wikipedia user. This really makes, I mean, Duke Silver is really like the crux of the whole thing. You know, he's kind of like, would, would any... How did, my question now is, how yeah. did Mark find out about Duke Silver? I bet he went to Cozy's. I bet. Well, we saw Duke Silver's fan base. Up, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. It's probably a phase. <laughs> oh, maybe as a teenager he went there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it Damn. all comes back. It's all connected. Uh, our next voicemail is from Jess Sterling, friend of the pod. Let's hear what she has to say. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Jessica Sterling from upstate New York again. Um, I have a fun question for you. What is the sexiest instrument? It's a great question. It's a fun question. And when she framed it as a fun question, I was like, that's a high bar. And then she went way over that bar. And it was a really fun question. Sexiest instrument. Do you guys have any? Like- and every time these people say, hi, Hannah and Will, imagine a, and Allie. Yeah. They just didn't know you were coming. <laughs> well, um, the great Mary Holland called me out for not uh, mentioning her on the podcast, which I for sure would have if I had known. <laughs> she we don't reveal it. our guests till after the voicemails are in. So listeners, we know it's not on you. It's me, not you. I have the definitive, instrument. I have yeah. the definitive answer to this. Yeah, Do you yeah, guys yeah. want to venture your guesses before I tell you the answer or... Okay. Well, I played a lot of instruments. I've played um, guitar, drums, clarinet, flute, piano. Yeah, none of those. Um, I played the flute for a year and was never able to get a sound out of it. So that's so probably not in. So you held the flute for a year. Yeah, I was never able to make a sound. You actively Um, blew at a flute, and I didn't realize that. And then I tried a newer flute that wasn't my mom's from childhood. And then I made sound. Oh. Um, 
but it took me a year of silent fluting. You're sure this was a um, flute? <laughs> silent fluting. Um, I might just go with the silent flute as my answer because nothing's sexier than someone who's so committed to their flute playing that they don't need sound for a year. Will, what's your answer? Wait, I'm just thinking now that you said, are you sure it's a, it was a flute? Like what? Silver rod <laughs> item could Hannah have confused? Was it like a table leg that was like off the table? Yeah, or- a broken candelabra. Um. <laughs> Just a ro- thinking of you know those like old yeah. phone antennas that would extend, yeah. like maybe one of those. <laughs> all all of which are sexy items on their own, but as an <laughs> instrument, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's got to be a woodwind. I, cause I think there's something about, cause I think with a woodwind, there's like a reed. It's like, mm, you know, it's like a, it's, there's like a little, you like gotta use your tongue to make a sound. That's my understanding of, of sex. So I think, like, I think sex is claimed to have the answer though. Just a sexy so, reed. Just a sexy uh, reed that you wear out from playing too much jazz. That's my answer. <laughs> I mean, that was a valiant, both valiant descriptions, uh, and I'm not saying that those instruments, both the silent flute and any woodwind, is, last minute, last are minute case instruments. for last minute case for woodwind. You have to wet the reed. I think that's what it is. As it's I almost just like last minute that's case too- for silent flute. <laughs> the- I blew and I blew and nothing came out. Oh wait, no, that's the opposite <laughs> argument. Okay, so both of you again, very strong. Will almost took it to like too real a place, so I actually can't even opine anymore on the sexiness of a woodwind because I'm uncomfortable. But okay, thank you. I'm sorry. The, Go on. The answer is upright bass. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm laughing. I said it, but that is the sexiest instrument. Is it yeah. an upright bass? Why? A hundred percent serious. I have no, never no, right, seen right. a person playing the upright bass who has not been a sexy person. Um, we're gonna move on. We uh, every time we have a Connor call in, Connor R is back. It's been a minute. Let's welcome back Connor R. Hello, this is Connor R from Washington. I know it's been a couple weeks since I called in. Sorry about that. I'm not ghosting you guys. I have just been missing deadlines. So I do have a very important question to ask you guys. Um, this is about the entire state of the series, I think. Um, I noticed that when Anne is coaching Leslie on dating advice in her house, she has a jar full of wine ports. Is this to tell us that throughout the entire series, Anne is a secret alcoholic, or is it just to establish her basic slash boring vibe? Um, I need some answers. I know you guys have answers. Uh, love you guys. Love the podcast. You guys are amazing. Have a good day. Judgy Wudgy was a bear, man. <laughs> like, those are the only two options, alcoholic or basic. <laughs> Thank you for calling back in, Connor. We yeah. didn't think you were ghosting us. But, like, if listening to this podcast right now is making you miss a deadline, yeah, t- first of all, pause. pause the podcast and make that deadline, Connor. you got to make that deadline. Um, first of all, I would say I think we've talked about Anne straight manning, um, in, which is a kind of a comedy term, meaning she, to, you know, calls out the goofiness around her in a way that the audience laughs at. I don't think being a straight man makes her boring. Um, 
I I I like Anne's character, but if you do, you y'all disagree? No, I I like her. I I think. Uh, do you do you have the picture up, Hannah? Are you looking at it? Can you see? Yes, I'm looking at it. About how many corks is it? If you just had to ballpark it. Well, it's a jar, so yeah. it's hard to guess, but I would guess. I can see like 11, but it's a jar, so there's another side, so maybe like 20, 25, but it's in a jar. It's sort of a decoration. Yeah, so I feel like, what, 25, 25 corks? I mean, that's 55 weeks in a year. Even if that's like a one-year cork jar, that averages out to like a bottle of wine every two weeks, which for a while, she's also with Andy. He's drinking the wine too. I don't think... I I think her consumption is like on track for a healthy. Uh, this could yeah. also just be something she bought at like a Forever Twenty One. Yeah, because all the corks look. I'm I'm looking now too. There is a second jar. I don't think there are corks in it. Oh, but thank God. all the corks look identical. Hannah, am I wrong? Like I feel like yeah, it looks more like a decoration. You don't think she like, just has one? Is there any? Is there like discoloration on some of these corks? Does it seem like maybe it's like a red that she was drinking? There or? is. It does look like red, red bottom corks here. Okay. The original question was: Is she boring or an alcoholic? I think all of us agree. Answer C. Yeah. Whatever answer C is, it's just a fun <laughs> quirk of hers. Um, thank you, Connor, for calling in. Please call back again if it doesn't make you miss your deadlines. Um, our next call is from Anonymous. I do like the idea that we're someone's excuse. I just really like the idea that someone's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish this in time. I was listening to this recap podcast. Okay, here's the next, here's the next voicemail. What is it about cats that makes them think they're so much better than us? I'll take my answer off the air. Cats. I think. He said he'd take his answer off the air, oh. so we'll see you at your house yeah. in a couple days. Yeah, we'll respond in person. Good question. Like Leslie to Dave. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you off the air. Do we have any more? Another anonymous <laughs> caller next. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. It's been a whole season since I've called in. Uh, loving season two. Uh the show itself and your podcast. It's great when you have guests. Um, maybe this isn't a question a mom can ask, but can you describe a bad first date? Thanks. And my mom! I, I asked her, I did say, why can't a mom ask that? Mm. If you guys have insight first onto why a mom shouldn't ask this question. Depends I mean, on what the answer is. It's sort of yeah. like it could it could go into a non-mom answer place. Mm. Non, yeah, the non-mom zone for sure. <laughs> no I, moms allowed. <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> um, a bad first date. I feel like high school was was rife with bad first dates for me. Half of half of which were not. Like it was half of which were bad because it was unclear if they were dates to everyone involved. <laughs> and usually like halfway through the encounter, we would like decide if it was a date or not. Um, but I one this was not a first date, but when I was in high school, I was trying to woo someone and I thought that I could um, I wanted to recreate this is actually really pertinent to like our present moment, but I wanted to recreate the feeling of a drive-in movie theater in the back seat of my 
my like crappy little car. And so I remember- This is really romantic and sweet so far. Yes. Thank you. I thought so too. The movie I chose was Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro. And we were watching it on a little portable DVD player. Remember those before? Yes. Yeah. So its only purpose was to play a DVD. R.I.P. Um, we were watching this. It was a beautiful, hot, sweaty summer afternoon in Arkansas. And it just got hotter and hotter in the backseat of this car. So it was like not a, not a pleasant temperature. So we rolled down the windows. The whole car filled up with mosquitoes. So like we were we were getting like we were trying to watch this magical realistic Spanish fantasy about World War II, but instead we were getting eaten alive by these mosquitoes. We get out of the car, we get on the top of the car, which was like a romantic moment, you know, of like problem solving together. What's hotter than that? But then that's where the mosquitoes are. So, um, we it ended up we ended up deciding to just be friends, and I was a groomsman in her wedding. <laughs> One time I met up with this guy, but I was really hungry and we were at a bar. And so I kept ordering food. And then I realized by the end of the date, once he had paid, that that meant that I seemed interested. So when I gave him a hug, he just seemed like endlessly disappointed because I wasn't interested. I was just so hungry (laughs) that I had ordered like multiple plates of food. So I went on a date in high school with someone who was very interested in me. I wasn't interested in him. I was kind of like you were saying, well, it's like you didn't know it was a date. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a date. However, yeah. he's now like married with a kid. So joke's on me. But um, well, let's break that up. But he, no, no, I'm just saying like he's fine. I'm, I don't mean to tell a story where like one time yeah. someone was What's into his me. first and last name? Uh, yeah, no, I, I would not like to hear from him. Uh, not in a bad way. I just would not yeah. like a friend, a listener to send this tape. Um, But do you have any friends who are involved in the making of Lars and the Real Girl? With Ryan Gosling and a life-size doll. <laughs> no, but I love that film. What a beautiful film. Okay, well, I'm going to say that when you're in high school on like a maybe <laughs> accidental date with a guy that you don't want to be there with and you're watching Lars and the Real Girl, not great. Yeah. Not great at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that comes to mind. <laughs> Just top of the dead. Just top of the head. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we, shall we go to our last voicemail? <laughs> Gang? <laughs> Let's do it. Closing us out. Hey, Hannah and Will. I'm so glad that you had a sports expert on in my stead, Mary Holland, last week. That was very astute comments by her about her L.A. Clippers and bubble ball. Yes, Hannah was correct. It is at Disney World, and I don't know if they go to Splash Mountain. But that's my question. Do you think bubble fatigue is going to affect who wins the NBA title this year. Allie, let's see what you can do, because our guests have known more than us so far. I have a great answer to this. Um, mm. Go for it. Well, I don't know if it's a great answer, but I'll listen next week to see if your dad says it's a great answer if he calls. Um, no pressure to him. I will be listening. <laughs> um, I just love that your parents call. It's just so delightful, honestly. Um so I think that's a great question about bubble fatigue and maybe the the players like we saw in baseball who were like going out. I know it wasn't quite a bubble, but they ended up teams got COVID not because of playing baseball, but because they were uh, venturing out of quarantine. Um, so I think maybe a team that's used to maybe being in the cold, 
not being able to, I know they're not in the cold, but like used to sort of being on lockdown might do well. So maybe we'll have a uh, repeat of the Toronto Raptors winning. Maybe they're also already out of it and I don't know. So that's- (laughs) No, I smiled because you were able to list a sports team. So you are officially the most expert person in this room. So maybe that will happen. But again, I think they've been doing well. But I will continue to lie if you want and make things up, or I will just stop where it is right there. All right, sports guy, my dad, let us know how she did. Um, let's get to some emails. Uh, our first one is questions underscore swings and slides from Chris Coletta. And he says, good afternoon. My housemate and I love the podcast. We have been tearing our hair out about one thing. Oh, no. Uh, you mentioned this sh- a show, Swings and Slides. I'll say right now, it's slides and swings. That might be part of your problem. Um, I have been searching everywhere, but can't find it. We thought it was a UK remake show, but I can't find anything anywhere. I found the, in quotes, way better than slides and swings recap podcast on a discussion forum. Can you give me insight? Is it a podcast? Is it a UK remake? Who was in it or characters? Just anything I can locate. Cheers, Chris. Well, first of all, you're Googling the wrong thing. It's slides and swings, not swings and slides. Um, we actually had someone tweet in, um, Sean Yanell, who showed us his copy of Slides and Swings. It's the British version of Parks and Rec. He sent us originally uh, the first season, and he said he tweeted at us. I can't and, and said I still can't believe that Radio uh, Radio Pony at Radio Pony had Mary Holland on the podcast this week. Mary is great. Not only was she on the on Parks and Recs, but she was a huge part of Slides and Swings and made it on the season two cover, and then showed his DVD with Mary Holland on it. Um, Which I'd like to just yeah. jump in and say you can't. <laughs> You can't fake something like that. So, so just for anyone who, you know, I just want to be clear, like you can, you can see his thumb holding the DVD. So Mm -hmm. just first of all, imagine the amount of work that would have to go in to faking something like that. So just, yeah. 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 I mean, we've given so many details as well about our, our, the, I mean, it's, it's a dark comedy podcast or uh, sorry, a a dark comedy series. Um, in which, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ron dies at the end, or does he? Mary Holland's character, Vicky Herzog, becomes a primary character. It would be borderline insane if this was made up. Allie, Allie actually, um, is a big Slides and Swings fan. Um, she wrote a review that ended up in a British newspaper. Do you remember the uh, headline of your British review of Slides and Swings? Yeah. Can you tell us a little about that? I was actually an extra in Slides and Swings. Uh, and so mm-hmm. then, like, as a research point, they set me up with this as, like, an opportunity. And it was okay, extra, yeah. extra, colon, Slides and Swings really swings. Wait, um, did so they really, you, though? Me- <laughs> They really do? I think they tell you, believe everything you hear and see on the internet. So, yes. Yeah. So, if you can't find the show, if you have trouble, I mean, it's really, it's there. Make sure to look up Allie's article because maybe Mm -hmm. that will help lead you to the DVD. Chris, thank you so much for writing in. We hope to hear from you again. And please don't pull your hair out looking for this. Yeah. Put it back. Please, we were so flattered. We're so flattered that you and your housemate have been listening. I love this idea that you and your housemate get together 
with a cup of joe. And pull your hair out together. That's just nice. Pull, together are just like, <laughs> no, but together are listening to our podcast. That's really sweet. Um, our next email. Um, it's from Ivan Ornelas. Yeah, go for it, Will. Yeah, Ivan. Ivan says, hello, Hannah and Will. My name is Ivan Ornelas from San Diego, and I've enjoyed this podcast so far. Okay, that's good. Do you know of any legal and cheap way to access Parks and Recreation now that it is being removed from Netflix on October 1st? Thanks. P.S. Hannah, you probably don't remember me, but I was the guy in the survivor hat and water bottle at the RHAP show in Bria last November. I also asked to take a brief picture of you and the other survivors at the table. That was one of the most fun nights of my life, and I thank you for being a part of it. First off, that's really sweet, Ivan. Um... Some I I actually really I really in the world that we live in now I miss these events. It's really cool to get to um I mean talk to the listeners essentially. The listeners I always talk to and meet meet the listeners. It's been really fun too that some of the survivor fans have um stuck with me into other projects. So thank you. Um, those nights are usually a blur. Uh, but that's, I'm so glad it was one of the best nights of your life. That means so much. That's so sweet. And I hope the world heals enough so that we can hang out again. And this time you can come up and be like, it's Ivan who wrote in. And I'll be <laughs> like, Ivan. Um, How are they going to keep watching? This is a yeah. So this is a great question. We're going to, as uh, Parks and Rec um, departs from Netflix, we will, how about next podcast breakdown, we'll have a list of exactly where to watch it. I believe off the top of my head, though, Peacock, which is the NBC website. Um, but we will make sure that we are clear about where you can watch because we'll also continue to watch it. Mm. So worst, how do you feel about that? I feel great. Worst case scenarios. Um, we'll set up a little geocache of the box DVD set. We'll hide it in the woods somewhere and people can take turns finding it. Yeah. Binging like it. Ron's gold. You'll have to dig a little. Yeah. Um, or like we said, we'll go to your house. We'll play it outside your window. Ivan, we're coming for you. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Our next email is from Amelie Vega, uh, who like Allie, Will and I, Allie and I never revealed that we, how we know each other. I'm realizing in this moment, we all went to Northwestern. And Allie and I both took Max Dawson's survivor class. I think that was our, I believe, our first uh, interaction, Allie. But correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but I was, we were in it in different years. It was just yes. because, um, yeah, Max, when there was like a cool opportunity going on in your class, like a player coming in or whatever, he would like tell me and our other friend Molly Block to come and sit in on the class. So you were and just he did like- the same. But he did the same thing for me on the other end. The first year, I couldn't take it because I was doing Second City classes, but he would invite me to the special events. Ah, like gotcha. reversed. Yeah. So, yeah, Hannah was, like, well-known in his second season of the class as, like, being the person, like, doing all the things. So, no surprise, she ended up on the show. Molly was that person in our class, like, finding the idols and, like, Well, I, I didn't find our idols, so he hit a fake idol in this class, and I broke into the teacher's, like lounge house and tried to like pick the lock like i went full out um <laughs> like you're the, but, you're the person who's like breaking a wall in an escape room <laughs> you're like this yeah is- i'm like i can't yeah. figure out the puzzle so i'm just gonna like smash the this- reverse alley and you're breaking back out of a room <laughs> anyways so amelie vega wrote in pitch perfect also season two episode three so some of these are going to be about the last episode alley 
feel free to jump in. Um, Hi, Hannah and Will. I have been loving the show so far. I love hearing my friends' voices wherever I go. That's nice. How how have you been since college? Hopefully well. That's me commenting. I'm sorry. Uh, I normally do not write into correct podcasts, but as a Pitch Perfect enthusiast and a Northwestern alum, I do need to point out that Pitch Perfect is not based on Northwestern acapella uh, scene. It's based on Tufts. But ultimately, it's based on a book called Pitch Perfect, The Quest for Collegiate Acapella Glory. It's also fictional in that no all-female group has won the ICCAs. I did a lot of Googling to learn this. What a bummer, huh? What do you think Leslie would think about this? Um, Now for my town hall. In this episode, we have three different men expressing, this is last episode. We had run out of time last episode. Whoa. (laughs) Okay, I never said charming. I just, okay, I'm not going to defend myself while I read. But looking forward to y'all's thoughts. Tom gives out house keys, in parentheses, extremely creepy and weird to me. And it seems to the women he does this too. And Dave, who learns about the female politicians in Leslie's office, parentheses, which I'll admit charmed me despite the fact that he's a cop. A point in Mark's favor is that while he may be about as boring as a glass of milk, he isn't super weird at all this time. And I think that's a level up for sweet, beautiful Anne. So my question for you guys is, what is the weirdest thing you have ever done to express interest in a romantic partner? She then goes on to say, mine is in is that in fifth grade, I made sure to be assigned to the same Neanderthal type to research as my crush. Does this mean we would be researching it together? No. Did he have a crush on one of my friends? Yes. Do I remember his last name? No. What Neanderthal is it? <laughs> Can't say this word. Homo erectus. Bye. Wait, she follows up. Wait, not to mention Mark fixes Anne's bathroom. Good work, Mark. Whew, that was... The first thing I have to say is about yeah. the Northwestern Pitch Perfect thing, because that's life ruining. I tell people that all the time, and I don't plan to stop, even though now you've corrected me. <laughs> and it feels very Joan Calamazzo of you, like, Joan's gotcha, don't it hurt ya. <laughs> like, I wear the gotcha dancers for Amelie Got Us and corrected that, because I tell that to people all the time. It's, I probably yeah. heard it from Allie. That's probably why I, I said that. I think maybe someone who was the director, I think someone's a Northwestern alum who worked on the movie. So maybe it was like not based on it, but like they brought in Did their- the Northwestern alum write that book? Let's Google this. I feel like the book- Now it's like Hannah's gotcha. Yeah. Don't it's a turn. <laughs> turn everyone. Northwestern. I feel like someone who wrote it went to Northwestern. The f- director of the film- is an American director who directed the film, let's see, School of Communication, Northwestern. Oh, so maybe that's so the connection. it was, may not have been originally based on Northwestern, but the director of the film did go to Northwestern, directed, which is why mm. he understood the, the pitch style perfect style of Northwestern acapella, which has to be so niche and such a small, I mean, Northwestern's a small school, so the audience in terms of Northwestern alums is probably small, but I absolutely loved the part of you talking about Northwestern acapella. It really <laughs> killed me. <laughs> Um, so we threw that gotcha back. Yeah, I'm glad you liked that part. Yeah, it, the target art audience for that story was a, a, a sliver. It reminds me a little bit of I once tweeted about um the last five years, and I was like, if he had he was so against dating a Jewish girl, but a Jewish girl would have just produced her own play and would not have gotten stuck in Ohio <laughs> uh for all those summers. But that tweet is has such a niche audience as well. I told um, Johnny uh, Johnny Langan, uh, an alumni of the Northwestern Acapella group that was not mentioned in your t- conversation about it, at freshman fifteen. Um mm. 
saw my tweet and was like, I need to listen to this. <laughs> like, I need, so it's bringing I mean, the audience it, in. It's really an embarrassing story, ultimately, where I cried. I, it's a I, great I, story. I was tears when I got to saying, okay, so it's the really first cool. question, she got us, then we got her, back and forth, gotcha. The second thing I would like to address in this email is I was not saying that I found him living outside her house charming. I believe in the episode I even said, do not do this. I was just saying that Andy's desires and his reasons for doing what he does have a pure, um, uh, come from a, what seems like a pure, purer place and a more charming place than maybe Tom or Mark when they're being creepy. Um, it just seems like it comes from like a puppy dog, like, I love you and I just want to be a part of your home again versus like, I want to do you. Um, like if any part of him was in that pit saying, then I can see her change, that would be creepy. But it's more like if she wants me back, I can be there in two minutes. Just it's it's motivation for me um, that I was saying. Okay, but her 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 big question is, what is the weirdest thing you have ever done to express interest in a romantic partner? Hey, Amelie, it's me, Will, your dear friend. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, in sixth grade, I got my uh, girlfriend a, a baseball T-shirt. So that's the shirt that has three-quarter length sleeves that said, uh, that said, I went out with Will Sondheim and all I got was this stupid T-shirt for Valentine's Day. And then she broke up with me because I was moving too fast. And then she never wore the shirt. Until two years later in eighth grade, she wore it to band. Um, so that's that's mine. <laughs> Thank Wait, you for so she wore it when you were not together two years later? Was that she awkward? Wore it, it was my first little taste of irony. We were still good friends and it was honestly like well played. <laughs> 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 and also accurate. <laughs> well, you have to start going last in these stories because like, H- Hannah, I-, I don't know about you, but like I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because of the girl. No offense, Will. That's just yeah. such a sweet thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I I remember in fourth grade with. <laughs> oh no, I I said his his. <laughs> Leave it in fourth grade. Come on. Um, I left an anonymous note that I had typed up a love letter for him in his locker. And um, similar to Amelie, he did have a crush on my friend. So at least, yeah. <laughs> so wait, did you ever, is this the first time you're revealing that you wrote the note? No, he asked me about it. And in there was some sort of computer program where I was like, I'll type in who wrote it. And then I typed in my own name. It was really Was it AIM? Not- was it an AIM chat? <laughs> Some sort of no, it was like it, no. He was like sitting next to me in the computer lab. This this memory is very blurry. This to me rings very true. Like I know I didn't experience this, but I feel like I could have experienced it. I'm feeling in this moment. <laughs> yeah, he was he was new in fourth grade, and so he was like the cutest guy. And he came in in fourth grade, um, and uh, I don't I don't know what became of him. So if someone sends this to Kyle, uh. I hope you're well. <laughs> and it was me who wrote the note in case you forgot. 
That's so cute. Oh my god. I never did anything to try to impress anyone. Like I honestly This like, is why I thought you were I think you're cool. No, it's not cool. It's so like I remember uh there, Will's making t-shirts. I'm putting notes in. You're like, I don't care if you like me. There was a guy in, in middle school who asked me if I had an AIM screen name, which like you know it was on then. And he was very cute. And I just wanted to seem cool, so I said yes, and I walked away. <laughs> And like, I haven't really changed my approach much in, you know, 20 years. So that's that. (laughs) So we have more emails, but we're going to save a couple and keep dipping in and out of these emails. Uh, So let's go to the best way to reach us, which is the uh, five-star reviews. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we have to read your review out loud. And we're only going to do one today because it just was so special to us. Right, Will? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. These five-star reviews pop up on our phone like it's a New York Times notification. Can't miss them. And when we got this ding, we thought, wow. Uh, So we'll have Allie read it. Yeah. So this reviewer oddly mentioned a lot of things that we've already discussed in this (laughs) podcast. It's so strange. Um, It was written by me, and it's called (laughs) Best Rewatch Show in the Game. This podcast is so good. I binged the first seven eps in one night. Okay, sure, I had to be up anyway, but I had no desire to change the podcast, and it went by so quickly. Will's dry comments kill me, as you all have heard today, (laughs) and Hannah seems like she's been hosting podcasts for decades. Ten out of ten. I'm genuinely touched, and I feel like you're our hostage in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, thank you very much, and also, (laughs) we did just force you to read... (laughs) But I wrote it with no prompting. I wrote wrote? that August 30th. I wrote that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, but the having you read it aloud to us while staring at us was a lot. Oh, I loved it. Um, (laughs) It was the best. If everyone could have the experience to be able to read your effusive praise to the people you're talking about. Um, Well, speaking of the best rewatch shows in the game, we would be remiss if we didn't miss, if we didn't mention Allie's incredible rewatch. Do you you go rewatch or recap? Do you care? What do you mean if we don't mention it? We've mentioned it like every, every, every Is that a transition to my plugs? I'll plug and get out of here. I was trying to, yeah, it was like a seamless uh, transition that I was doing. I I pick up what you're putting down. I smell what you're stepping in, which I used to say all the time and everyone in my life thought it was gross. So just try that back out on your podcast. Um, Plug away. So, well, a couple things. I was actually on um, Rob has a podcast on the Great Love Island recap podcast. what the the love island wrap up on rob rob has a podcast i wonder will if they'll ever be hearing from us on that dot 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 all right keep going i'm also a loyal listener of that podcast uh with uh chris chris mckinnis and brian scallies check that out um and then here's an exclusive um this is not exclusive information we've mentioned in a couple other podcasts that brian scally and matt liguri of the dom and colin challenge podcast um, and myself and my co-host on the Rehap Ups Challenge podcast, Brian Cohen, uh, got together and did a must-lose draft for the rumored Challenge cast, who is supposed, who are supposedly filming right now, uh, season thirty-six, if you can believe it. Um, and so that will be coming to the Challenge Rehap Ups feed. This weekend. That's the exclusive. Wow. This weekend, folks. So I keep texting my friend Jay about what he thinks, but all the texts turn green. Last weekend, actually, because this will be Tuesday. So it will have just come out last weekend. <laughs> and uh, so you could find that and subscribe and listen 
to whenever the 36 so coverage happens. not only happens. is it not exclusive information, it's already out and promoted. Uh, yeah, but this will be the first podcast that airs that plugs the actual time that it has been dropped. That's very exciting. So Thank you for giving us that exclusive. You can uh, check that out at robinswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. And then separately... Uh, I'm talking about New Girl with Akiva Winokur on New Girl, Old Guy. Uh, we just had – we will have an episode releasing tomorrow on Wednesday as we release. Woot, woot. Um, so perfect time to plug it here. Uh, we've been talking about episode five, so who who can believe it? We're still going. Uh, anchor.fm <laughs> slash New Girl, Old Guy. Or my favorite fact about this podcast is that if you are searching in iTunes for a podcast, don't search New Girl. That gets cluttered. Search old guy. First hit under Whoa. old guy. S-E-O. Um, I'm going to start a rival podcast called Old Guy Quirky Thoughts, where I pretend to be an old guy giving quirky thoughts just to try to make it not the first one. Um, I have a plug, too, actually, this time. Yeah. Plug. If I may, I've been this whole podcast listener. You can't see, but I've been wearing the coolest new buff in the game. Um, it's a custom survivor style buff uh for our friend sunday burquest uh sunday has been kicking cancer's butt i almost said ass but i didn't because it's my friend sunday and she wouldn't have liked that but then i said ass anyways so i'm sorry sunday if you're listening to this but she has been kicking oh no she said when we talk about cancer i can say the word ass so she's been kicking cancer's ass um, she's a breast cancer survivor, um, and now she has esophageal cancer, and we're all trying to rally around her. Her treatments are really expensive, and the proceeds uh, of this buff goes towards her treatments, um, which is so great. And on top of that, the buff is just really cute. It's got a little cartoon of Sunday. It says, Sunday Strong, um, which is what she once told me would be the title of her movie. Um, it also says the stage has been set. Uh, Grit Girl. Um, I'm just going to start making up phrases it says on it. Um, Sunday School. It says, Hannah, I love you. It doesn't say, Hannah, I love you. It's such a cute buff. Uh, we're going to be linking this, where you can get the buff, in the episode description. Um, yeah, if you love to collect survivor buffs, make sure to get this really special one. We all love Sunday. Uh, we all want to come together as a survivor family and support her. So check that out. Um, so let's wrap, let's wrap this thing up. Um, we're going to all get back in the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Stevie, feel free to add <laughs> helicopter sounds here. I hope Stevie likes how much we talk about her now. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Ali, thank you so much for, Thank you so much. For coming to Guys, our podcast. Thank it was you. such a joy. This was a dream. Um, I think the lesson that the listeners should take away is that if you um, promote this podcast enough, you might end up on the show yourself. So uh, huge we fan. We do respond well to compliments. <laughs> yes. I will remain a huge fan. Um, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And to the listeners, see you next week. Bye. Bye.